It's the Locked On Canes podcast, where it's all about to you. I'm Corey Joyner. I am joined by co-host Fred Purdue. Make sure you guys go follow us on social media at Locked On Canes, at Corey J863, and at Fred Purdue CFB. We have a lot to unpack today from the press conference, an award that was given to one of our players, and we're also going to look ahead to future opponents. Corey, it was a big weekend, man. Uh, the, the Miami Hurricanes, they, they salvaged their season. I mean, who would have thought, you know, a team that Miami struggled with last week, last year uh, just didn't have a chance, really? Yeah, we came out the gate firing, man, especially with that opening touchdown drive. I was very impressed on how they came out. And, you know, we're the cardiac canes sometimes, and we got the good side of our canes on Friday. Definitely. Uh, they came out with the with the fresh white uniforms, uh a pure whiteout, man, and the defense was rocking. We had a defensive player that really stood out. You know, Trajan Bandy, defensive uh, defensive back of the weekend of the ACC, that was huge. He had a monster game. Yeah, he made some big plays in this game. He ended up with six total tackles. Five of those were solo tackles and a huge sack um, that definitely gave us momentum to close out this game. Definitely made of huge. That sack was just it was it was what we needed at the very end. Uh, Bryce Perkins is one of those guys that he's he's just so elusive. Uh, I love everything about his game as far as quarterbacks are concerned at the college level. And he's given us problems for two years. Still haven't scored that elusive touchdown, though. Just saying. That's because defense was stanking Lincoln on Friday night. So we didn't allow him to, to get those rushing touchdowns like he did on our in-state rival, Florida State, and make a <laughs> We shut that down. Yes, we definitely did. You know, uh, Blake Baker, uh, during his press conference today, really had a lot to say about uh, how good this defense has been. And the coaches were pretty impressed. I mean, what can you say? The defense has stepped up. And the defense is the strength of this team. Like the offense we knew was young. We knew starting Jared Williams and this offensive line that's full of freshmen. It was going to be a transition. It was going to take some time for these young guys to execute and to execute this new offense because this is a brand new offense that's been in place too. So we knew the defense was going to be the bread and butter of this team, especially with the senior linebacker core coming back and the talent that we have on that defensive line. So we knew the defense was going to be the standout area for this team. Definitely. Uh, when I when I listened to Coach Blake Baker, defensive coordinator, who he had a bit of an interesting situation in itself because not only was his, he wasn't necessarily stripped of his job, but Manny Diaz said, uh, you're not getting the job done, so I need to maybe put my fingerprints back on my side of the ball again. Let me not be the figurehead, but let me do what I do best. And you could tell, you know, throughout that game. But Blake Baker, he said, accountability. These guys had the best practice uh, that they've had in a long time. And that comes with accountability and finding leaders throughout with this team. And for me, what I looked for on this defensive side of the ball was just the aggression. I hadn't seen that aggression, the, the ability to get after Bryce Perkins, because, you know, Bryce Perkins is one of those guys that he's very slippery. He's very elusive. But what makes him uncomfortable is pressure up the middle. 
because you have guys like Russo. You have uh, guys like Sam Brooks, who the young guys who are able to get after him and make him have to step up into that pressure. Yeah, for sure. You definitely want to always get a quarterback off their spot in the pocket and get them outside of the pocket. The thing with Perkins is because he's so athletic, he's able to get outside of the pocket and make some plays happen. So quarterback contain was very important. And tackling to this game for our players was emphasized by Coach Baker. And they did a great job of that. We mentioned the bandy sack. That was a huge momentum swing and a huge boost to this defense. Yeah, definitely. It, it was it was huge because the one thing that Manny Diaz has been preaching all year long was the fight and the competitiveness. We You see it for maybe two and a half, maybe three quarters. You hear about the lack of it in practice. But this game was the first time I've seen in a, in a while that this team fought for four quarters. And it was ugly. I'm not going to sit here and say that this team is a complete team and this team is ready to go take on the Clemsons or the Alabamas of the world. But those little small nuggets that you see, like being able to stop the run. I mean, they, they stonewalled the run uh, on the, the defensive side. Uh, for me, being able to compete all four quarters is huge. It's those little things that you you have to do to build this team to where you want it to be. This is a process. I think Miami fans are so – they're yearning for greatness again. This isn't the 2001 team. This isn't even the 2002 team. Heck, this isn't the Mark Rick team that came in when he first started at 9 and at, at 8 and 4, 9 and 3, even winning 10 games. These are not those teams. This is a completely different team. And that's one of the great things about college football is that every year is a new year. You're going to get turnover – of players graduating or players going to the league. So every year is a new year uh, for these college football teams. And this is the 2019 Miami Hurricanes. And they're starting to grow. They're starting to learn, learn how to win, um, learn how to put it all together on the field. It was a great sign Friday night of the game that they put together. The defense was attacking the football, making plays. The offense, it started a hot Got a little cold, but then came back out and finished the game strong. And also our special teams were able to convert some extra points and some field goals um, in this game, which was which was huge for, for a confidence boost, not only for the, the kicker, but also for the team to have that trusted him to go out there and get the job done. So uh, shout out to the team for making that happen. Also wanted to comment with uh, Coach Baker. He spoke about um, Sam Brooks. And how he needed to, you know, just play more, get more reps. Because in high school, he was a linebacker. So he was learning on the go. Um, but his development overall will help Shaq Quarterman moving forward. Because Shaq is a senior. Shaq is one of our outstanding linebackers that we have. One of the best in the country. But we got to get Sam Brooks going. Definitely do. Uh, well, his time, uh, Sam Brooks, when he was at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, I got a chance to see him in person. And, and he, he is a... He's lightning in a bottle. Uh, he didn't play with his hand. He didn't play a play as a stand-up linebacker in high school, and that that's the amazing thing about him is that he's finally playing on his feet now. And when you see these these quicker, faster guys, you think maybe they're a little a little soft. Nah, he's just learning the position, and I think it will help Shaq a lot. Uh, the one thing, kind of flipping it over to the other side of the ball, um, the as far as the run game. 
Um, I, I listened to Coach Enos, and he was saying he was asked about how the run game was a bit lacking, but every at the end of the game, you can't stop running. You can't not run the football. Uh, I think he he did say that. Uh, their failure to actually get that outside run game going was something that hurt them, especially in the red zone. And I did notice that throughout the game uh, early on, uh, whether it was the tight end sweep we talked about earlier uh, on yesterday, or even the stretch run on the goal on the goal line too. uh, You have to be able to convert those things to make red zone, make the red zone trips count. And that's absolutely correct because the run game just set up so many different things for an offense. And the team that can run the football, they just have options to go about approaching the game. And they're typically the team that will win the game, the team that runs the ball um, the best because running the football starts in the trenches. It starts with the offensive line getting a hat on defensive guys to open up holes for your backs. And by running the football, you also control the clock. So you're controlling time of possession. So that's the direction the team definitely wants to go is by running the football. And they didn't handle the C-gap too well. They want to make sure we get these get these linemen and make sure they dominate on the lines because we have to get more carries for, for uh, DJ Dallas. We got to get more carries for Payne. We got to get more par- carries for some of these wide receivers on reverses. So we want to make sure hopefully we can see that more in the second half of the season. But um, I, I did, I, I do like what I see um, once they do have the opportunity to run the football. So, yeah, we had a lot um, to discuss with the press conferences. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll give you guys an update on the midseason report. So we got past the first six games of the season and we're going to give you the good, the bad, the ugly. And let's start with the good. What good things have you seen out of the team Thus far, uh, for me, when I look at how the fight of this team, first off, uh, this team, Benny Diaz did talk about it in his press conference as well. Again, uh, this team has been competitive. They fought in every game, uh, despite the mistakes, whether it was the, the Florida game, the kicking issues, whether it was the, the uh, Virginia Tech, the turnovers, five of them. It was just awful. Uh, or whether it was uh, against against Central Michigan, where you're having t- players just not taking teams seriously in practice. They fought through a lot of this adversity and the youth on this team, especially on both lines of scrimmage. And for me, that's the good. Uh, you're young right now and you're fighting through all of this, these problems right now. What is this team going to look like going forward? Uh, it leaves a lot of promise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really like what I saw from Jared Williams. Um, with the offensive line being as shaky as it is, I like to call the offensive line Swiss cheese because there are so many holes in it. At this time, um, they still need to grow together, but that's going to come with more repetition. That's going to come with more um, practice and execution within games. But Jaron Williams did some really good things um, before he got hurt with this last game. He had no interceptions coming into the game before he got benched. And also um, – he looked, he, he, he looked like the quarterback of the future for this team. I know a lot of people were still in the Nikosi Perry Hive, and they wanted him to start before the season even began. But Jaron Williams, he can throw the ball all over the field. He was very accurate with the football. He just needs that time in the pocket to make Definitely. the throws. Uh, for me, when it comes, let's talk the bad. You know, the bad has been the inconsistency week to week. 
if the Florida game, you knew this team, it's college football. You don't necessarily get a preseason. You, we hear about all these great things in the offseason. What are the coaches supposed to say? Oh, we look bad. You know, we don't, we're not gelling well. You can't say that in the preseason. You have to hype your team up uh, because you need fanfare. You need these fans to be out there in support of you. So I can understand. Uh, and for me, when I look at the inconsistency is the, where are the leaders who are supposed to be stepping up week to week, the older guys, the Pinkies, the, the Quartermans, uh, even Trajan Bandy, who's a, it seems like he's only been there for a couple years, but he's a junior already. Uh, for me, when I look at how this team has been so inconsistent, also on the run game, I don't, it just makes me, it boggles my mind when I see young offensive linemen that are not just firing off the ball and wanting to hit somebody. I mean, it, it, it boggles my mind. I understand the pat, the pass pro is not all that great, but the best way to settle off a young offensive lineman down is to just tell him, go hit somebody. It's best on best. And that's the, one of the things that uh, when we say, when we look at this team and say, what what's wrong with this team? I think that's what you'll end up seeing uh, when this year is over and we take a look back. I think that's one of the things you're, you're really going to have to question. Yeah, the inconsistencies, uh, it's just, it's been the same old, same old. You know, we, we, we've seen this before with this team over the years, and it's just been the same story of them not bringing together good performances week after week. Um, they'll come out, they'll look flat, they'll play to the level of their opponent. For sure in that Central Michigan game, they played to the level of their opponent. There was no way that game should have been as close as it was. And I think that's been their their main problem. Like you get hyped for the big games, but you get low for, you know, the smaller opponents. And you, you can't do that. That's a mentality thing. That's a mindset. You got to go out there and you got to go crush your opponent, especially opponents that your favorite big to win by. I mean, it's any given Saturday, but at the same time, we can't go out there and give those type of performances. Uh, when we have the better and talent the on the Canes field. The Canes are not out of it. Uh, the ugly, though, for me is uh, the kicker, the kicking situation. The punter, punter we know our punter, Headley, is, he's a, he looks like he just came straight out of Rikers and like he's ready to just tear someone's head off. But, you know, the punting game hasn't been bad, but the kicking game with Bubba Baxa, you know, last year it, was, it wasn't all that great. And, you know, you think – Okay, this kickers, freshman kickers are head cases. Maybe they'll get better. Nah, not likely. And you see the struggles. I mean, these are easy kicks by by all means now in, in football nowadays. And whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's the NFL, you these kicks are easy. These are chip shot kicks. 35-yard kicks are chip shots now. Kickers are better athletes than, than ever. And you have to... You have to be able to knock those through, especially in big games, because again, especially like the Florida game, where you put your team in a bad situation where all you have to do is kick the field goal, and now you're you, Jerry just drives down the field, and he's not trying to to press, he's not pressed into trying to make plays that he normally would never make. Kickers are very important pieces to this team, to a team, uh, regardless of the level that you play at, and the kicking situation has been very bad and. That's not something Miami's really been used to. I mean, Michael Badgley for the last few years has been, he was money. He was absolute money. And now it's just weird seeing not uh, seeing a kicker that's struggling. 
and as fans, we get spoiled. You know, we get spoiled once we have a consistent kicker. It's something you typically don't have to worry about. Oh, we got in field goal range. Let's get those three points. Oh, we just scored a touchdown. Easy extra point to top off that score. But everything goes south when you have a kicker that's not consistent, not making the kicks when you need them the most. So it's just one of those things. Now all, you know, the spotlight is on the kicking game because they're not consistent with making those kicks. But I like what I saw Friday night. Hopefully they can build off that confidence is increasing for the special teams unit. And moving forward, we can make this a non-issue and get everything back to normal. All right, so looking ahead to our remaining games on the schedule, we got Georgia Tech, Pick, FSU, Louisiana, FIU, and Duke. These will be some tough games coming down the stretch. We have two games at home at Hard Rock, and we have four on the road. Fred, what three games are you most looking forward to to close out this season? Oh, man, I'm definitely looking forward to the Florida State game. It's Florida State week. I mean, if you don't beat anybody else, if you don't beat anybody else, November 2nd, you have to win that game. You definitely have to win that game. Uh, And really, the rest of the way, if – for, for me, I'm looking at Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Duke. I know that's not necessarily three games, but those are the – you win, you have a chance to get in. Uh, you may need a little help from North Carolina to fall apart at the end. You may need a little help from Virginia Tech to fall apart to get in. But those crucial games are going to be huge. And, of course, you can't lose to Louisville because Louisville is – even though they're on the other side of the division – I'm sorry, on the other side of the conference, that if you lose that game, that's almost like getting two losses. So you have it's essentially win, get in, and uh, you may be seeing a, a rematch of that uh, of that ACC title game we played in a couple years ago. I really look forward to a rematch of that ACC title game. But we got to take care of business. And the first game you mentioned was the Florida State game. Definitely looking forward to that game. It's always a good show. Right now, we're on a two-game winning streak against these guys, and we just got to keep it going. You know, they dominated us from 2010 up until 2016. So we just got to keep returning the favor. We're two games up on them. Let's keep it going. And you mentioned the Louisville game. That's a huge game, too. Louisville is going to come to play. Um, There's – Really good team as well, well coached, but they're coming to our house. So they're coming to Hard Rock. I expect for a lot of fans to show up for that last home game. And it's going to be the last game for these seniors. Um, This is going to be the last time they're going to get to play a game at Hard Rock Stadium in a hurricane uniform. Hopefully they get to go out on Sundays and get to come back playing for the NFL. But that game, November 9th, will be huge. Then you got the city rivalry against FIU. We know how the story goes with that. We won't get into, you know, the past with FIU. But that's going to be a huge game as well. I believe that game, isn't that game going to be played at the Marlins Stadium? It is being played at the Marlins, the Marlins Stadium, which is uh, which would have been for all us old heads. That was the old OB. Uh, but we're the, we're the away team in this one, and it just really makes me scratch my head. I don't think it really matters per se. We know who's going to show up and show out. Uh, those Kings fans are definitely going to show up for that one. Yeah, I expect us to dominate the crowd uh, versus FIU that game, especially since it's at the 
Marlins Stadium is closer to Coral Gables anyway. It's actually, I would say, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes from Coral Gables from main campus. So uh, that should give us opportunity to have more of a, of a student base at this game. And it will be unique, too, because it's a baseball stadium. I'm sure they'll have the roof open if it's not any bad weather that day. So I, I really look forward to seeing how that game is going to how that game is going to play out in the stadium. And then we closed out against Duke. Tough matchup again because it's going to be a conference matchup. But I think we have a really good chance to position ourselves to get that ACC championship rematch. Definitely. Now tell me, uh, with this second half of the season, what is your – give me one bold prediction, something that it may come true and you may just hope it comes true. Give me one bold prediction for the rest of the season. Well, you know, if if and buts were candy and nuts, we'll have a Merry Christmas. So, for me, we went out. What do you mean? <laughs> we, we're going to win out. We're going to find ourselves playing Clemson for the ACC championship. Wow, those are big. Those are big expectations. I don't think Manny Diaz wants to hear that yet, especially looking ahead. Well, that's okay. I just need Manny Diaz to coach the team and make sure they're coming out with that same intensity, even more intensity for the rest of the season. We will handle the bold predictions. We will handle the big talk. We'll stick our chests out. For Manny, make sure you get those guys ready to play each and every Saturday to close out this season. All right, Mr. Big Chest. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Antonio Brown wants you taking his his uh, his, his self proclaimed uh, nickname there. But uh, for me, I think this Virginia game was a wake up call for this team of how good this team can be. And I think what you're going to see is a completely different Canes team week to week. You don't have to worry about uh, a lot of the issues that you saw early. Players not wanting to come to practice and and give it 100% like they, they're expected to do because they're on a D1 scholarship and all they have to do is come play football uh, because, you know, we're, we're not going to get into that. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I expect this team to come in knowing that every game at this point is essentially a playoff game for them. I mean, you have to bring it every week. And I think you're you're going to have a different level of intensity. I think some of these these seniors, the Shaq Quartermans of the world, are going to get – they're going to be that voice in the locker room that says, look, if you're not with us, you're against us, and we don't need you. And if that happens, if that team – this team can turn things around week to week because it's a one-game season. It's not like you have to look towards – Florida State's on November 2nd. Louisville's on November 9th. By the way, win that game. My birthday's the day before. Win that game. Thanks. Um, but, you know, if you, can, if you can galvanize a locker room and say, we have one collective goal, let's go get us – let's go send these seniors out correctly uh, and let's just put what's in the past in the past and, and control what we can control. I sound like Bill Belichick right now. Sorry. Um, but, yeah – that that's the message that needs to go throughout that locker room. And I think that's what's going to happen. As if they didn't have enough pressure already, having a, a week to week mindset, you want to add extra pressure because it's your birthday on November 9th. <laughs> Let the players get that message because they for sure have to win because it's Fred's birthday on November 9th. So as we, as, as we, get towards this the rest of this thing you know we 
head out of this, head into the second half of this season, I think there's going to be a little bit more. And this, I know this is, is a second bold prediction, but I think the fans are going to be a little bit more uh, willing to come out seeing that these Canes are going to be uh, – they're trying. I think that's the one thing you see with Canes fans. They're a little fair weather, and I think what happens is the fans – the fans go like the team goes. And when the team is hot and they're rolling and the black jerseys are coming out and the turnover chain is out, which we haven't seen much of, but I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. You see a different, you see a different level of intensity from those fans. And I think that's going to be huge. And we only have two home games left. So we got to show up and show out. This is a call to action for all the fans that's able to go to the games that's in South Florida the fans that travel to the games, call to action, get to the stadium. Two games left. Make it happen if you can make it happen. If you can't, make sure you support by watching them on TV. Get your family to the games. Whatever you got to do. Let's rally behind our team. We had a great showing on Friday. They brought the fire. They need to bring the fire the rest of the way. And if they can do that, we will have a really good December. Now, before we get out of here, you know, I want to pull back the curtain just a little bit. Uh, We have some special guests coming in the next couple shows. Uh, We have Cam Underwood from State of the U. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Might also have a a former player. Don't want to give too much away. But make sure you you tune in to the Locked on Canes podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Corey, where can they find you on Twitter? It's real easy, at Corey J863. And you can find me on Twitter, at FredPurdueCFB. Until next time, folks, it's all about the you. Go Canes. Hey.